I don't know. <laughs> Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and around the world. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up and get ready to howl at the moon. It is time for the late night fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKNF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Are y'all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. What do we have tonight? Tonight we have the 1985 vampire flick Fright Night starring Chris Sarandon, William Ragsdale, and Roddy McDowell. This is the 100th episode of the Late Night Fright right here on WKMM Cozy Corner Public Radio. Y'all ready to howl at the moon? I am the coyote. Here it goes. Welcome, all of you creatures of the night, to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very malevolent, my very evil, my very undead co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this is our 100th episode. I know. Can you believe that? Hard to believe. (laughs) Now, that is 100 published episodes, so it's not like, you know, 100 of these shows, Mm -hmm. but... That's still a milestone. I know. That's still a milestone. And for this milestone, we have a good one tonight. What are we talking about? We are talking about Fright Night from 1985. Welcome to Fright Night. You know, Faith, the 80s gave us some wickedly awesome horror flicks. In a decade defined by the slasher, the horror god saw fit to bestow on us Jason Voorhees and his mother Pamela. Freddy Krueger terrorized the teenagers of Elm Street. Michael Myers returned to continue his murderous ways. We had a bloody Valentine, a prom night. We went to the sleepaway camp and were even invited to a slumber party massacre. Leatherface made a return trip to the cinema and we were introduced to the lovably evil doll Chucky, courtesy of the man responsible for the film we're talking about this evening. Nestled warm and snug right in the middle of the decade is 1985's Fright Night from writer-director Tom Holland. Fright Night is a loving throwback to the classic Universal and Hammer pictures of yesteryear, relying on mood and atmosphere rather than buckets of blood to get its point across. There is a wonderful monster at the center, a callback to the horror stars we all know and adore, and a continuation and updating of the Bram Stoker vampire myth. The film features wonderful performances from everyone in the cast, and I can think of no better movie to feature on our 100th episode, and this is one of my all-time favorites in this genre. What did you think of Fright Night? I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's such a fun movie. This is an amazingly awesome movie. It really is. This is a great, great, great movie, and we're going to talk about some of these things that I just put out there about this being nestled right there in that center of the decade among all the slashers and this loving, would you even call it a throwback? Yeah. I think I would. Yeah. Yes, I this um, definite throwback and not not like a remake or anything like that. Just a loving mm-hmm. homage to 
to the pictures of yesteryear, yeah. and, and I love it. I think the world's a better place for having Fright Night in it. But Faith, before we can talk about Fright Night, you know what we have to do. We have to do the news, of We course. have to do the news. It's been 41 years since Superman the movie premiered in movie theaters and moviegoers around the world retreated to John Williams' iconic theme for Superman. It's been 41 years and that theme is still the shit. Yes, it is. Yes. I, I don't know why this is news, but I agree wholeheartedly. I agree, too. It's an amazing piece of music. Well, a new business has opened here in Cozy Corner this week. Ever wondered where you can get all your holes drilled and filled at once? Cozy Corner's premier repairman service and mail escort service, Nuts and Bolts, is the place for you. They say they nail it the first time and they guarantee to come and go. Say goodbye to clogged drains today. You can call Rod Richard to book your appointment. Wow. I know. Wow. I give business licenses to anyone these days. For real. Well, Faith, been doing the show since... February. We are now in the month of November, if you can believe that. Wow. <laughs> the month yep. of November, 100 episodes in, and Faith, who has not been on this show yet? Robert England. Robert England, Freddy Krueger himself. Now, we have you know, sent invites. We have mm-hmm. made the gesture, you know, right. and we have not heard anything. Now, we, of course, like to think that he just has not gotten any of the messages that we have sent to him, because Robert's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I even rode by his house, rung his doorbell. He went home. I guess he went home, you know? You know you're not supposed to go within 50 yards of Robert England's house. You know you know, they told us that you couldn't go within 50 yards of Robert's house. We kid. <laughs> so we uh, we figured that we couldn't get him on the show because we the, the pot wasn't sweet enough to get him on the show. So as of right now, it's at a crisp, clean $5 bill, a bag full of aluminum cans that he can bring to a recycling center to redeem. He can keep the money that he gets from those. Uh, anything he wants from Taco Bell off of the dollar menu. Uh, a 32-ounce old Milwaukee tall boy and a used computer bag. Mm-hmm. See, I'm about to sweeten this pot. He's not going to be able to resist this when he hears it. All right, what do you have? Okay, I have... It's a used block like a cell phone charger mm-hmm. block, you know, that you plug into the wall. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a used, you know, charger block. I don't even know if it works. <laughs> it may or may not. It's part of the fun. You never know what you're going to find out. Man. I, I'd, I'd take it. I would take it, too. I think he should. I think he so, should. So, Robert, if you're out there, you have a standing invite to be on the Late Night Fright. Anytime you want, we will come to you. You can come to us. We can do this over the phone. Uh, we can even do an email, or you can send us a, uh, a voice message any way you want to do this. And, of course, you get the $5. You get the Taco Bell. You get the bag full of aluminum cans. You get the, uh, uh, the old Milwaukee 32-ounce tall boy and the uh, used cell phone charger block. That is all yours, and that is the news. Come on our show, come on our show, prime time. 
Well, there you have it. I love that song, Faith. I know you love that song. I do. So, 100th episode. We have a song tonight from the uh, heaviest, hardest band in Cozy Corner, Lever. They have a new album out called Pull It? Pull Pull It. it. Pull It. Lever. Pull It. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) The song is called, let me see here. I have it it written down. What is this? Faith, is that right? Is that really the name of the song? I think that's real. So we have a world premiere here on the Late Night Fright from our favorite, well, not our favorite band, somebody's favorite band, Lever. The song is called Piece of Your Ass. And apparently it's a ballad. Well, okay. Okay, then. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm also (laughs) looking forward to talking about Fright Night. We're going to do that when we get back from this break. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. This is Harrison Ford, host of the Straight Dope, here on WKMF or whatever it is, number one rated show on the radio and whatnot. Why is the Straight Dope number one? Because people want the Straight Dope on the Straight Dope. Join me this week for a rainbow shootout at Promises to be very exciting. We've got Green Machine going up against Blue Magoo. Both have pros and cons, and both will get you high. I'm also going to be talking about what's in my knickknack drawer. I think there's um, some Elmer's glue and uh, magic marker or something. Join me, Harrison Ford, the big HF for the straight dope on whatever radio station this is, I don't care. This is Antoine Duplay, Psychic, inviting you to my new show on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. It's called Teabagging with Antoine. I will be reading the tea leaves in an attempt to give you an accurate forecast of the future. Green tea, black tea, all the teas. Let me, Antoine Duplace, like it, teabag you. Scott Rice, host of Trekkies. Zoom, zoom. That's Trekkies with a Z. Join me for a look back at City on the Edge of Forever, starring William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, the Forest Kelly, and special guest star John Collins. Va-va-voom, va-va-voom. Trekkies! Zoom, zoom! Airing exclusively on 
WKNF Cozy Corner Public Radio. This song is beautiful. Lutes. Welcome back, all of you creatures of the night and boogers around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, we're in November. I know. We're in November. <laughs> We've passed Halloween. Now we're in November. And I like the movies that we have picked out here in November. And I really like the movie we're talking about I tonight. Do and remind them out there what we're talking about. It is Fright Night from 1985. Welcome to Fright Night. Ooh, wow. So, so, Faith, what did you think of this movie? I think this movie rules. This movie does rule. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, simple as that it rules. It rules. There's nothing wrong with this movie. No. There's nothing wrong with it. So, no. let's get into it. What do you think? I say let's go for it. Let's go for it. One of the things that I absolutely love is this story and how simple it is. A monster moves in next door and you have to kill it. <laughs> uh, this is also an extremely well-written piece of work. It's a pretty standard three-act screenplay. The first act introduces the characters and the problem. The second act raises the stakes. Do you see what I said there? I it do. raises the stakes. <laughs> and the third resolves the problem. The idea behind the structure is so simple but so difficult to pull off, and I think Tom Holland really nails this. What do you think of the whole story and setup here? I think, actually, you just nailed it, too. It's so simple to the story, but it's, like, perfect. It's just, it pulls you in. Everything's right there. I don't know. It's, it, I love it. Everything happens in this story where it needs to mm -hmm. happen, and there's no fat on this. Exactly. And the stakes, ha ha, uh, the stakes are continually being raised, mm -hmm. you know. And the first act, really, it's like here's this kid, you see his normal world. Then Jerry Dandridge moves in, and no one believes him. Then in the second act, you've got him trying to uh, fight Jerry Dandridge, and then the resolution at the end. And it's so much fun along the way seeing this story just just happen mm -hmm. and it's it's really great and one of the great things about this is that this is a dracula tale for the 1980s mm -hmm. and in the place of dracula we have jerry dandridge charlie brewster is jonathan harker amy is mina evil ed is renfield and peter vincent is the stand-in for van helsing Carfax Abbey is the house next door, and we have the reincarnation of lost love and influence from 1932's universal film, The Mummy, that pops up from time to time in the Dracula story. Do you see this as a Dracula update, and were you catching that um, as you were watching it? Absolutely. Yeah, I noticed it, uh, especially that reflection scene, I think is when it kind of really hit me at first. But yeah, I definitely, this really feels like Dracula just... It does. <laughs> and, and, and I want to say something. I never caught it really before this. Like it's heavy because we just watched mm -hmm. Dracula and it had been a little while since I've seen Fright Night. And I went, this is Dracula. Like all the beats of Dracula. Like they changed all the names, <laughs> it you know, really is. <laughs> they really just changed the names. Um, but I love it. And I love how they how they updated this. It and, is. It's like the fun 80s, you know, version of Dracula. <laughs> 
and kind of timeless now, yeah. you know, which is great. Um, what did you think about the suburban setting, especially for a vampire flick? I liked it. It's different. I think for it, at least that time, you know, and to have that Dracula influence, I think it was cool to have it in a suburban. I do, too. You know? Because, you know, with the uh, Halloween takes place in the suburbs, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street takes place in the suburbs. But the but the horror film, you know, a lot of them were out somewhere exactly. else, you know. And here we have it's it's right next door, literally. Right. And that, to me, is really part of the fun of mm-hmm. this. And uh, I, I like the way that it. Yeah, I love the setting of this, that it's just any town USA. Yeah. You know, yeah. just just this all American kid next door. And we're going to we're going to talk about the all American kid next door. But let's talk about the cast first. The cast is amazing. And we're going to start with the Oscar nominated actor who plays the vampire, Jerry Dandridge. Chris Sarandon is an Academy Award nominee for Best Supporting Actor for his appearance in the Al Pacino film Dog Day Afternoon. He is also known for his work in the films The Princess Bride in the original Child's Play from 1988. That film was written and directed by Tom Holland, who did Fright Night. And a fun trivia bit, he was indeed related to Susan Sarandon at one point. They were married from 1967 to 1979. Sarandon has extensive theatrical training and would even help apply some of his own makeup. I think this is a great performance at the center of this movie. Faith, what did you think of Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge? I really, really, really like him. Um, He kind of has this, um, even not being a vampire, he already seems mysterious in some way. (laughs) Mysterious, not creepy. Right. Mysterious. And he's a handsome guy. Mm -hmm. He's a good-looking guy that works to his advantage. And he's got all of these tools in his toolbox, like... The sinister menacing comes from uh, the perform from the body language. He wears uh, makeup several times in this movie. He does not need the makeup to be scary, much like this guy we talked about who played Dracula in 1931, Bela Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's wonderful. I think so too. You know, and I think you know for this movie to work, you have to have a real nice monster at the center of mm-hmm. it, and he pulls it off. What do you think of Jerry Dandridge compared to uh, Lugosi's Dracula? They're very, definitely different, you know, I mean, um, but they do have the similar things. Like you said, they don't need any makeup really to be who they are. So that's, that's kind of a cool little thing. But, um, I think, I feel like they're definitely different though in their own. A lot of similarities, but enough differences. But I think that they're they're their own people. You you can tell Chris Sarandon, uh, is pulling from Lugosi and Christopher Lee a lot, but, uh, he's his own thing, but I mm-hmm. love that 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 baseline is there mm-hmm. though from from Lugosi, you know, right. and, I, and I feel it when I when I watch yeah, it. Yeah. You know, it's not. I don't think it's too pronounced, but it's 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 definitely. That's what there. I'm saying. I think it's there, but I still think he's his own. He's being his oh, own yeah. person for sure. Yeah. And uh, one other question: What did you think of his uh, outfit, his his little wardrobe? Because that little red scarf he has, I love I it. Liked it. <laughs> it's like he's not wearing a cape. He's got that little uh-huh. red scarf mm-hmm. and that gray jacket he's got. I, I, that's I, just enough. To <laughs> it's just enough that I think was really reminding me of Lugosi with that little amulet mm-hmm. that Lugosi was wearing in the uh, 31 Universal mm-hmm. movie. I really like Chris Sarandon in this movie. I, I think he's too. wonderful. And another fun fact, Chris Sarandon made a cameo appearance in 2011's remake of this film, as a motorist who gets killed by Colin Farrell's version of Jerry Dandridge. And you know what he was credited as in that movie? What? His name was J.D. Hmm. Hmm. So. Interesting. Well, Jerry is the antagonist, and his next-door neighbor, Charlie Brewster, is the hero of this piece. 
Writer-director Holland says that The Boy Who Cried Wolf was an inspiration for the role. William Ragsdale won the role over Charlie Sheen because he had more of an everyman quality and fit in better as The Boy Next Door. Ragsdale is probably best known for his work on the 1991 to 1994 series Herman's Head and has worked steadily in both film and television since then. Faith, Charlie Brewster really is the heart of this movie and William Ragsdale gives him his heart. What do you think of this performance? Because if... Yeah, we said if if Jerry Dandridge isn't working as the villain, the film's not working. Well, if the uh, protagonist of this piece doesn't work, it's all for nothing. (laughs) And um, what do you think of William Ragsdale and the character of Charlie Brewster? I think he's awesome. The character, I'm going to start there. I think the character's really, you you feel for him, and he's very believable as this teenage boy. You know, I mean, he gives up sex with his his girlfriend to go hunt for He thinks there's a vampire next door. Right, you know? right. He's so determined. <laughs> right, and and I like that about him. I don't know. He he feels very relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I I I I like him a lot. You know, and what do you think of? Uh, he said that if they cast Charlie Sheen, that's a hero. You know, mm-hmm. he's good looking. There's a hero. You cast William Ragsdale. Not that he's an unattractive man. It's just that's the guy everybody grew up next door to could nope. you have seen charlie sheen in this eh, i mean yeah kind of but i wouldn't have wanted him in this you know? no william ragsdale <laughs> really owns this and he i love i just love this character of charlie i love the things that he's going through the the situations that he and his girlfriend amy find themselves in just the relationship standpoint did those feel very real to mm-hmm. you because they feel they they feel like somewhere they're more real world teenagers than right. movie teenagers. Exactly. They're, he's trying to depict them as real world mm-hmm. teenagers. And which I feel like grounds this movie yeah. in, you know, in a great way because you have all this kind of nice supernatural stuff mm-hmm. going on uh, around them. But I think William Ragsdale really is the beating heart of this movie. Did he ever annoy you? Because that I was reading is one of the things like people say Charlie Brewster is a little annoying. Did he ever feel annoying to you? Not really. He felt very vulnerable to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, I'd be the first person to be annoyed by either yeah. somebody, but he never, he never really bothered and me. And scared, you can feel him yeah. scared. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's this is such good stuff. <laughs> so Charlie's girlfriend is a familiar face to television audiences. Amanda Bierce portrays Amy Peterson. Bierce is best known for her role as the Bundy's next door neighbor, Marcy, on Married with Children. At one point, she was named Marcy Darcy. She has done a lot of work behind the camera as a director since the Bundy days. Do you think Amy transcends the usual girlfriend role in these movies? Yes, I think so. Kind of. (laughs) I feel she's a notch above, yeah. Yeah, That's where I am. It's like I can see it, and she's also kind of, I wouldn't say motherly. But I feel like there's more of this. Um, what's what am I looking she for? She cares about him, right? And that comes through. Yeah, she definitely cares about him. Uh, I love their relationship, and you hit the nail on the head. Like they're they're getting ready to have sex for uh, what I imagine is the first time. She plays that really well. Yeah. That 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 kind of vulnerability yeah. and the, and the fear mm-hmm. you know, on her face. I think she's really wonderful in every scene that she's in, and I, I do think she's a little different from the typical you know, horror movie girlfriend, you know, she's a character. She, uh, it might not be the biggest role in the movie, but she's, she's definitely there serving a purpose, you know, and not just for somebody to talk to either. Like she has a pretty big purpose later in the movie too, because Jerry Dandridge, you know, tries to 
bring her over to the dark side <laughs> as it is. Um, can we also talk about the fact that Marcy Darcy, uh, <laughs> she was known for some time on uh, Married with Children, was 27 when this was filmed. She was 27 years old when this was filmed. I could definitely she, tell that she was a little older. But just a little. I think yeah. she looks great in this, you know, and uh, I would have said 18, 19. You know, but yeah, I was thinking early twenties. Okay, I think it was the way she acted. Again, it's she kind of seems like his mom a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. I'll go there because I think I'm not uh, complaining about it. I at think all. Ragsdale was 21, but uh, no, I just think she looks great, especially when you compare her like Marcy, because they had her done yeah. up kind of kind of harshly as <laughs> as Marcy. Are you a uh, Mary with Children fan? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm a Mary with Children fan. <laughs> So uh, actor Stephen Jeffries was upset that he was not asked to read for the part of Charlie, but for Evil Ed Thompson, Charlie's creepy friend who then joins vampire Jerry Dandridge. Evil Ed is a horror hound, has an obnoxious laugh, and also has the most quoted line of the film with, Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. He also has a very poignant death scene. How did you like Stephen Jeffries in the character of Evil Ed? Because I like Evil Ed. I like him, too. He's definitely a strange little guy. (laughs) He definitely is uh, the total opposite of Charlie. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much but so. I think he's cool. I like him a lot. I do too. What about that? Uh, the performance of Stephen Jeffries? Because I feel there's a real vulnerability here. Mm-hmm. I feel there's uh, a lot of uh, intense rage and hate on the inside waiting to come out. I can go there with you. Yeah, I see that. Definitely. So. Fun fact, Stephen Jeffries would go on to star in 976 Evil, directed by Robert England. Rounding out the cast are Jonathan Stark as Billy Cole, Dandridge's familiar, and Dorothy Fielding as Judy Brewster. And Faith, my question is, what exactly is Billy Cole? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I've, for years, 30 years now, I've been trying to figure out what Billy Cole is. and I, I Googled on... it, yeah. And somebody said that he's probably like a vampire servant, so they like pick... A specific person, and they right. bite them, but they don't fully turn into a vampire. They're just half. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, because I noticed something. See if you noticed it. Remember, he turns. He's got green stuff coming out of him. Yes. Well, is he a bat? Um, Jerry, is he a bat? At one point, is that a bat? Yes. That he, is? he, when the sun hits him, he's got green stuff coming out of him. At one point. Okay. Okay. So maybe so he's maybe not. He's all, like yeah. Partially. Okay. <laughs> I'll go there. Uh, I'd also like to add the uh, when Evil Ed gets uh, touched by the crucifix by Peter Vincent uh, and that leaves the mark. It mm-hmm. is exactly the same as Peter Cushing in the Horror of Dracula. He nice. he does the same thing in the Horror of Dracula. So uh, Billy Cole, uh, Jonathan Stark would go on to create the sitcom According to Jim. And he also won an Emmy for writing the puppy episode of The Ellen Show, starring Ellen DeGeneres. And that was the episode where her character comes out. So, a little bit of television history there. And finally, Faith, who do we have? We didn't mention one of the cast members. Who is that, Faith? Roddy McDowell. (laughs) He's here as TV horror host Peter Vincent. The name is a lovely tribute to horror icons. Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. Price was offered the role but had to decline because of his health and because he had gotten away from horror films. Roddy McDowell is best remembered for his appearances in the Planet of the Apes films. He was a beloved figure in Hollywood, reported to be one of the nicest men who ever worked in the industry, and his funeral service overflowed with people. I think he's excellent here and probably deserved an Oscar nomination, especially for the Evil Ed death scene. What did you think of the late, great Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent? Man, he was probably my favorite 
I think he really brought that classic horror vibe to this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why I liked him so much. It could very easily have been Peter Cushing in this movie. Um, uh, The movie works without him. Mm-hmm. But the movie is Fright Night because of okay, him. Exactly. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's wonderful. And uh, the evil Ed Dessing, we've we brought this up twice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is his best moment in this film. What did you think of that when he, uh, he Ed is turning from the wolf back into himself and Peter Vincent is watching him die and has mm-hmm. just killed him? What that did was you, that was one of my favorite scenes. It felt very real for a horror movie. It did. Like there were real circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, real consequences to this. And God, McDowell was so heavy in that. I know. Um, let's see. Do you see this film as an homage and throwback to the older horror films in the days before Halloween? And do you see this as an anti slasher film? Yes. And yes. You do see it. Okay. <laughs> because there's a line and he says that mm-hmm. I have just been fired because nobody wants to see vampire killers anymore mm-hmm. or vampires either. Apparently all they want to see are demented madmen running around in ski masks, hacking up young virgins. You know, <laughs> I, I caught that. I, I don't think this movie's like an anti slasher movie, right. but just it's such a nice throwback. And when you put right. it in the historical context, I think it's even sweeter. Well, yeah, it's such a nice nod, too, because like you had mentioned, all these movies that were coming out around it, you know, big slasher films. Yeah. So, you know, you drop this nice vampire movie in and you get all these nice classic horror vibes. Yeah, the horror vibes are all there. And I never had a problem watching this. Like, I think I saw this for the first time when I was eight or nine years old, saw it on TV or something like this. And it it creeped me out in a good way. It right. didn't scare me or right. keep me up. Like I just really enjoyed watching this movie. Yeah, because it's so much fun. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> and could you see a ten year old uh, getting into the older Universal horror movies, just loving this movie? Absolutely. <laughs> I highly recommend doing a watch of the old Universal Essential Monsters and then going right into Fright Night because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just so good. Mm-hmm. A lot of great other elements in this. The score by Brad Fidel, who did the score for the Terminator films, wrote the iconic Terminator theme. This music is very good. What did you think of the score here? I think it fits here really perfectly. I think it has enough creep to it. But again, it adds that fun to There's the There's a sensuousness to it, a sensual side mm-hmm. to it, a seductive quality to it. But it still feels a little off, like mm-hmm. you said. And I love the synth heavy sounds that they have, you know, and those keyboard sounds. And uh, I just love those little melodies that were coming out. And I think he did a great job scoring this film and uh, giving Jerry Dandridge uh, his kind of mojo as it is. Uh, The production design was also good, too. Uh, What did you think of the design of Jerry's lair? Because that, to me, is the big set piece here. I liked it. I feel like everything in this movie was kind of, um, see if you agree, kind of minimalistic in a way. Yes, you know, reminds you of old movies, but is its own right. thing. You know, nothing was too bright. Nothing was, you know, jumping out crazy. But I think it works. I think everything looks clean and nice here, and it just fits good for this movie. I think I like that big uh, uh, stained glass he has yeah. there. It just reminds me of something out of Dracula. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think Frank Langella's nineteen seventy nine Dracula has something like that. But it was just it felt like a vampire's house. Yeah, you know. Um, Makeup effects. The makeup uh, minimal here. You know they mm-hmm. do have quite a bit though. Uh, what do you think of the look of uh, evil vampire Jerry? Because I really like that vampire oh, I look. Loved it. That was absolutely creepy. I don't know. He was just. He looked different than. Right. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. But I loved yeah. it. Yeah. 
Uh, you know what impressed me was his hands. Mm-hmm. His hands, the, very the, long, the, the long, long yeah. claws. Yes, yeah, that yeah. was that was that was straight up, uh, just just amazing. So, uh, do you have anything you want to add before we get into the favorites? Uh, I think that's it. What about you? Uh, that's it. Let's go into favorites. All what right. was your favorite moment from this movie? Because I have Ooh. one in particular that I just go I for love. It. Okay, it's. They do the whole bit in the first act of setting up. He goes over to Evil Ed. Uh, how do you kill a vampire? You know, and he goes through all the lore. And he says, and, but he can't come into your house if you don't invite him. Boom, the next scene, uh, his mom's calling him, Charlie, come down. And Jerry Dandridge turns and says, hi, Charlie. <laughs> and all that threatening <laughs> stuff with, and I'll be dropping by anytime yeah. I want to. And I also love the scene where he comes back to visit him. I think that is a wonderful piece of horror cinema. Yeah. Just the vampire in your house. I'm going to go ahead and just say that I loved everything with Roddy McDowell in it. <laughs> is that fair enough? That's absolutely fair. He is he is scenes. so good in this movie. I love yeah. I loved that little throwback to Dracula with the reflection, like with the mirror. I, I loved that. I don't know why. Maybe because, you know, it's just like sort of a throwback to that movie. And it's a turn of it. It's an inversion because he gets scared and runs right. away. Yeah. yeah. But I loved everything going on. And then especially I loved, I did like... Uh, What's his name? Evil. Evil's his death, death scene. His yeah. death scene is awesome. It's, it's so touching. I know. And and I was getting a little misty-eyed watching <laughs> him because right. Mighty McDowell was so good in that and reaching out to him and the tears. But uh, uh, my favorite is the Peter Vincent character. I think this movie just succeeds. Uh, as, as we said, because of Chris Sarandon and William Ragsdale, but... Roddy McDowell makes it fun. Yeah. You know, he brings like some personality to it that's kind of, I wouldn't say needed, but it's just a nice touch to have, you know. <laughs> Where do you rank this on the vampire films? Ooh, that's a good question. It's pretty high up there. I'm not going to give it a number. Probably top five, though, for sure. I'm so glad you like this movie. Yeah. This, this really is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, it's, like, it's so much fun. I had so much fun watching this. I can't recommend this high, highly enough. Yeah. Um, so, well, we are going to take a very short break. And when we get back, we're going to uh, have some final thoughts on Fright Night. And we have the world premiere of Lever's new song, Piece of Your Ass. Faith, that is the title. You see it right here, uh, don't you? I see it, yeah. On the call sheet. <laughs> well, until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. I'm Scott Rice, host of Laser Beams. Pew, pew. That's laser with a Z and beams with a Z with your update from Laser Lanes. Pew, pew. Tonight's high score in laser tag was Hippie Juice 69 with 735,000 points and 185 CK. That's confirmed kills. Kills with a Z. Also, Rammerjammer69 is getting a scholarship look from several schools because of his prowess at the basketball toss. The gift center has added Fart Petty boot, boot, to their list of things that you can get with your tickets. Fart Petty boot, boot, is now redeemable at Laser Lanes. Pew, pew. 
Remember to join me for Trucky Zoom Zoom and Bags and Boards. Flip, flip. The Cozy Corner Empath Society and WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio proudly present Feels So Good, a new show airing exclusively on WKMF about the trials and tribulations of being an empath. The Cozy Corner Empath Society. We feel you. Feels So Good. Every Sunday at 10 on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. This is Dr. Palladium, Cozy Corner's resident mad scientist with a new show on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. It's called Weird Science. Join me as I harness the lightning and we talk about all manner of scientific subjects. Gene splicing, genetic mutilations, creatures from the void that I have created. Will we discuss the consequences of actions against God? What God? What consequences? <laughs> Join me, Dr. Palladium, for weird science right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. <laughs> This is Bobby D'Amato, host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. If you're like me and billions of other people across the planet, you like to get it on. Let me help you get it on. Afterglow plays the best in classic soul and R&B jams to help get you in the mood. Hey, it'll be like I'm right there with you, helping you the whole way. You know what I mean. Afterglow, the show that comes on after the late night fright. And hey, right now, if you go down to Maurice's Chicken and Waffles after you get it on, and you tell them Bobby sent you, Maurice is going to throw in an extra bucket of gravy. How good is that? Afterglow. Make some gravy and get some gravy. That's my motto. Welcome back, all of you creatures of the night. You are listening to The Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we have been talking about one of my favorite movies, 1985's Fright Night. I highly recommend it to everyone out there. Faith, does it get your highest recommendation? Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorites now, I think. Good, good. It's a good movie. Now, Mm -hmm. one of your favorites will be next week's movie here in Mm -hmm. November. Please tell them what that is. We will be doing Insidious. And I am ashamed to say that I've never seen it. And I've been holding off on seeing it for the, you know, for the show Mm -hmm. that we planned on doing. And it's finally come around and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm I'm curious to see what you think about it. I am too. I'm too. I'm really looking forward to it. 
I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And we have been having a whole lot of fun here on the show. And we want to thank each and every one of you out there for tuning in to listen. We know you have a lot of options when it comes to how you spend your time. And we're so glad that you choose to spend a little time with us here on our little show. October was a record month for us here. It it went bigger than we thought it was going to go. And we are very grateful for that. And we're hoping that this trend just continues on into November. We have a lot of fun stuff for you in November. We have Insidious coming up. We're going to have some uh, science fiction movies on Fridays every now and then. We're going to be doing Tales from the Crypt. We're going to uh, be doing The Mandalorian, the new show premiering on Disney+. Plus. So we have a lot of fun stuff. We're going to be uh, cycling some X-Files episodes in and out. So... A lot of stuff. Stay tuned. We will definitely keep you posted on what is happening here on the Late Night Fright in Cozy Corner, broadcasting exclusively from WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Broadcasting. That's pretty good. Yeah. Faith, you, know, you know who wouldn't know that? Who's that? HF. He wouldn't even know <laughs> where he was. That's right. That's right. The big <laughs> HF host of the... Uh, uh, what is it? Straight Dope. The Straight Dope <laughs> with uh, Harrison Ford. You know why that show is number one, don't you, Faith? Because people want the Straight Dope. <laughs> they sure do. On the Straight Dope. I can think of no one better to host that show. You know, I was sitting here going through the spiel about the show, and I'm looking over at Faith, and she's looking over at me, and I had this thought that she was going to jump in at any point, like <laughs> like with something. She's just looking, and I'm just going, and I'm going, and I'm going, and I'm going, jump in at any time. We don't want dead air. <laughs> we don't want dead air. <laughs> You were talking about something important, I was, it seemed. And my mind was just wandering. <laughs> my mind was just wandering. It's welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> well, speaking of Frightful, we have a world premiere song here, Faith. Faith, have you heard this track? I have not. I haven't heard this track either. Not. I have only heard the title mm-hmm. of the track. The title of the track is piece of your ass from lever a local band right here in cozy corner this is off of their new album pull it that's the name of their album that's that's, 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 that's catchy there you go i think there's some innuendo there Uh, they say this is their attempt at writing a big ballad in the style of the stones or the black crows and they mean every word of it. I have no doubt that they mean every word of it. Faith, are you ready to hear Piece of Your Ass by Lever? I think so. <laughs> All right, here we go. Lever's Piece of Your Ass. We'll see you on the other side of this. Let's get quiet, baby. Bring it on down. I've known you for a long time. They say all things, all things must pass. I'd give my right arm, honey, for a piece of your ass. A piece of your ass You know You've got that stuff It's sugar sweet Just a little rough Mama, when I see your buns And them jeans I'm gone That ass is such a dream Sugar, 
can I get a little piece? A piece of your ass. A piece of your ass. Bring it down. You know, I do. I do what I can. Cause I'm a man. Get a piece, a piece of your ass. You know, you got that stuff. It's sugar sweet, just a little rough. When I see your buns in them jeans, I'm gone. That ass is such a just here i'm not really sure um i liked it i i i think i liked it yeah i liked it was that supposed to be funny i don't know because he sounds very serious like he really does like he's like swinging for the fences you know like giving it his all giving it his all like like he he means every word of that (laughs) wow i'm gonna have to uh I have to check out the rest of the album for real. I have to check out. Well, we do have a promo. We have another promo from them. If you want, you want to hear this? We yeah. have a promo. All yeah. right. This is called Officer of Love. Now, this is just like the uh, little promo bit that they've been playing for for mm-hmm. for their album. Pull it. <laughs> so here we go. This is Officer of Love. Here you go. You have the right to remain. But I prefer it if you scream I so love Got a big nightstick Nightstick And I so love I'm talking 
Wow. <laughs> Those aren't even metaphors, Faith. Man. <laughs> he just comes right out and says I, it. I know. It's like he says, you know, got a big nightstick. And, of course, at that point, I'm thinking, you know, it's probably he's talking about his dick. And then he just comes around and says, I'm talking about my dick. Just for, for those in the cheap seats who may or may not have missed it. So we got to get Lee, we got to get Lever on the show. We got to get, like, we got to play the entire album one night. This oh is amazing. Lever, pull it or push it. I don't know. What is it? Pull it. Piece of your ass uh, was the uh, big big thing we premiered, and then we had a snippet there of uh, Officer. Of Love. What do you think of that, Officer of Love? You're a strong, independent woman, Faith. Did, were you offended by that? Nah, nah, not nah. even just a little. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, bend over for a frisk. <laughs> I guess. All right. Oh, oh, do I hear? There it is. Well, Faith, there's the music. It's just time to go. Time we couldn't have gone out on Officer of Love. I know. <laughs> no, we're going out on this really sweet, you know, sensitive piece. No, maybe we should start going out on Officer of Love. I don't know. <laughs> well, we are so glad that you tuned in and listened to the Late Night Friday. Thank you so much for your support. If you're a first-time listener, please come back. And if you're a returning listener, bring all of your friends. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. Fright Night. Watch it if you haven't seen it in a while. Faith, you ready to do it? I'm ready. Let's do it. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. See you on the other side. This is a coyote for the late night fright. We hope you enjoyed listening to Dan and Faith. Babylon about 1985's Fright Night. You know, there's a lot of frightening things out there in the world. Uh, Jerry Dandridge's, they might even be living next door to you. We hope you take the positive vibes from this show out into that world. And if you can't find them positive vibes, look into your heart. They're right there waiting for you. <laughs>